Welcome to episode number 46 of Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's Art and Cultural Podcast. I like to think being in Peterborough, associated closely often with Trent, gives me access to artists while they are just beginning to bloom. For many, the city can be a starting point for a colorful career. Well, one such artist that I just recently came across was... Eamon John, or SJ, a multifaceted artist who is also a psychology student at Trent. She was mentioned recently by our Electric City Culture Culture Council, or EC3, in uh, the following article that I'll just uh, read now. As an artist, Eamon John, SJ, is not tied to any one particular discipline. She is interested in many aspects of the arts, including music, spoken word, poetry, and a variety of visual arts forms. Painting, graphic design, fashion design, customizing jeans, and photography. She has been working on creative projects since she was a young child, singing in her church choir at the age of 10, and discovering writing as an escape from life's mental cage. For Imam, art is a way to work through anxiety and express herself. She writes about everything from mental illness to the Black Lives Matter movement to the beauty of nature. She surrounds herself with and is artistically inspired by a creative community of friends and collaborators who challenge her to expand her practice and push herself into new disciplines, including a performance at Trent University's Black History Month Blowout, a collaboration with fellow writer Lauren Isaquina, and a set, and set design and costume design for music videos, Joey J's Bam Bam, that you're hearing now, and Jeffrey Benson's Body Talk. Eamon came to Canada at age 16 in 2019 to further education and is currently studying psychology at Trent University. After her degree, she wants to work with kids and create a program to benefit people back in her hometown in Nigeria, helping young adults who are trying to get their lives together and need sponsorship to further their studies. So, you're going to about to hear my interview with one of new thriving artists in Peterborough, Eamon Joe. I realize before you let you go, I've been saying her name wrong, though. It's not Eamon John, it's M.M. John. So I'll say it again, M.M. John. M.M. John. Now let us listen. Just uh, your name and what is it, uh, what is it you do? Okay, um... My name is M.M. John. Mm-hmm. Um, my stage name is SJ. It did move. So I did change my stage name. But um, so I am a student at Trent. I'm an international student taking psychology in my third year. Um, I'm 20 from uh, age 20. Uh, and I'm an artist. I am a creative to say. So I specialize or I have multiple disciplines in art, styling, writing, and anything that's just around the creative field. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, how is is the psych program going for you at Trent? It's it's, it's okay. I'm in my 
um second to last year so next year's i mean this september is gonna be the beginning of my last year in in trend for psychology it's psychology is interesting but it does have its own share of difficulties (laughs) so yeah okay uh you're like uh like the pro like just uh the demands of the program or the subject itself um the more or less the demands of the program of some of the requirements don't need to be required but we mm-hmm. still have to take it just to take um just to get our degree so it's fine right. uh, other than that it's pretty good i enjoy the classes it's pretty standard okay now, yeah, like you said, you came uh, to Canada from Nigeria, I believe, in 2019. Is that correct? Yes, I did. I okay. came to Canada in 2019. I stayed in Toronto for a year. So mm-hmm. I um, basically came after I did a, a one year of high school. So that my, par- my parents were like, well, get into the system and try to understand the system a little bit more. And that, that did help because that was the first time I was actually alone in Canada. So I did learn a lot on how to like take my, take care of myself. But yeah, so, um, I did go finish at Toronto and then came here for Trent for uni. Okay. And, um, whereabouts in Nigeria did, did you, uh, grow up? Um, I grew up in Lagos. Lagos is a very, okay. yes. Yeah. Good Lagos city. is a very, <laughs> yeah, it's a very popular town. Mm-hmm. I went to um British International School, a secondary school there. Mm-hmm. Um it was the yeah, it was really interesting living in Lagos. There was a lot of people, very commercial, very um high life, nighttime, it's really good. You um, don't yeah. Um and like when you, I just, I asked another international student from Trent from this recently, but when you were in, um, Lagos, were, did like, did the university or, or any, anywhere in Canada, they send someone like, uh, like, were they actively recruiting you to come over here? Um, so that's the thing. My parents already had a plan for me to come over here because, um, I'm privileged enough to, be able to travel to different countries and see things. So it wasn't a, a place whereby I had to be recruited or someone had to come out to come sponsor me. It was more or less like my parents had like a plan for me to come all the way to Canada. And I had already been in Canada the, like when I was like younger for to see my family. So they already had set their mind up on me coming here and um, finishing my studies. So um, yeah, I didn't have the opportunity. Um, I wasn't recruited, but I did know about Canada. I didn't really know about universities because that's something like my mom more or less like focused on more or less. She was like, Oh, I should go study in Calgary. But I told her, no, I wanted to go to Ontario because Ontario seemed like a very popular province to be in. And it seemed like they had more job opportunities and was more diverse than other provinces. So I did have a chit chat with her about universities. Although we didn't really know about universities, like a lot of universities in Ontario until I came. So Mm -hmm. 
I kind of um, pushed it to her that I wanted to go to Ryerson, but like she didn't want that, so I came down to Trent. Okay, all right, yeah. yes. Uh, and yeah, like you've said, you're like a multifaceted artist in many different fields. Uh, yeah. Yeah, poetry, music, fashion, design, photography, and so on. Uh, have you, has this always been the case for you that you've always like tried out different elements of art? Yeah. So, um, while I was in, while I was in Nigeria, I, I used to go to church a lot. So mm-hmm. I used to sing. I used to, um, help out in like, um, church programs. And then you just need any assistance. And then, um, when I was in secondary school for British International School, I did, um, was the assistant producer director to the hand of the teacher. So I did do two productions when it came to like plays and schools. So I know like a lot of theater work. So like blockings or like your lines or scripts or like places so uh roll calls and everything. So I did all of, did do that as a very like I would say and I entered like um grade eleven, twelve. So I did take up that responsibility. And at even in junior school I used to be part of like the dance team. I was very, very much Come think about it now. I was very, very much integrated in like everything that had to do with art, everything that had to do with creativity. I used to write on the side, but I never really told anyone about my writing. No one really knew I wrote apart from like really close people. And even drawing and art was something I had to get a fun of when I came here because I didn't really focus on that discipline when I was in Nigeria because it wasn't something that um you know a lot of people in Nigeria appreciate it's kind of it's right now it's better but uh, around the time I was there it was it was something for more like white collar jobs it wasn't something that you would actually pursue to do so yeah basically okay well, yes, it, it's definitely not easy to become one here either. But uh, is there anything like sort of recordings or anything you've done technically musically? Um, No, I only, like I said, I only did stage performance. Mm-hmm. I didn't really record anything. I wasn't a songwriter. I didn't write songs, but I only would sing songs to people. Okay. And you say you did... Uh... A lot of your church is um, like inquire in that, but is there any type of music or any sort of uh, form that really appeals to you? Um, sorry, explain your question. Oh, sorry. Just like, um, what what sort of type of music do you feel like you uh, like when you do sing or uh, when you uh, okay, what you listen so to some... that you really really appeals to you? Okay, no problem. So I um listen to more R and B soul. I listen to more gospel songs. I'm into Afro beats. I really, really like Afro beats because uh, it has like a really nice up tune to it. Um, I listen to High Life. High Life is really nice. There's um, a lot of jazz and instruments in it. So um yeah, just those 
four, I think, four main genres that I really like to listen to. Um, I'm not really a rap person. Hip hop is once in a while, not always, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do yeah. touch every genre, but like, not some of them are more than others. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I think that's the case for most of us, but yes. So what time, what form of art do you find yourself doing the most, like spending the most time at these days? Um, I mostly do writing. I mostly do some word and I do style. I'm uh I I'm a stylist for some people in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I do have a partner um who puts me on this clients when they need like help with shoots, when they need help in like music videos, photo shoots. And uh we haven't really done any editorial shoots yet. Well, most of them I do. So, yeah, situations like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did, I think, uh, read and see something of what you've done along those lines, what you're saying, uh, shoots with some musical artists. But uh, um, what I was interpreting what you were saying what from, from Electric City Arts Council, that uh, mental illness seems to be a major theme of your of your writings, perhaps, or your poetry. Is that is that a correct thing? Maybe not the only one, but one of them. Yeah, so um, mental illness for me, well, I did face a lot of depression mm-hmm. when I was in secondary school. Um, and one way I did, like, you know, dealt with it or made me move forward or made me pick myself or made me who I am today was writing. And I realized that when I write, I kind of just always like it almost feels like a little bit lighter for me in that of that situation. So some of my work has to do with my struggles and others sometimes is just out of creative creativity. Mm-hmm. So um, but most of my work is out of like my struggles, how I feel about that particular time, because I'm very in tune to my emotions and sometimes it's easier for me to write it out than to explain it to someone. And I find joy even writing out my emotions because I'm able to go back, read it and expect like, like reflect on it most times. So yeah, so it really did originate from that. Um, my struggles with my mental health really, push me into this different um discipline of um creative disciplines yeah okay okay and uh is like do you feel like some of that um depression that you're talking about uh and thank you for sharing that um did that come about like i can imagine uh it being a really difficult adjustment coming from um Lego saw it like and suddenly going to high school in Toronto and then coming out here to Peterborough, which is even as you've discovered is even much different than Toronto. So uh, mm-hmm. do you think some of it comes from that or is it something you even faced when you were much younger? Um, For me, I think it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Nigeria is very difficult to live in, especially the fact that um, mental illness awareness is a zero. <laughs> right. No one really has like any awareness of that. Um, 
and even with my parents, I try and explain to them what mental illness is. And thank God, my parents are very open-minded. They're very um, willing to actually understand things like this because not a lot of people do even understand. Not a lot of parents in Nigeria understand what mental illness is all about. So, um, yeah, so coming from Nigeria here was was... I wouldn't say it was depressing. I would say it was a kind of like a relief because if I compared myself, I'd say I was way more depressed in Nigeria than here. Oh, okay. And yeah, so, well, mm, even as I stayed here, um, I did have some depressive seasons and I started to understand that for me, Depression comes when things are very, very hard for me. And it just mm-hmm. comes, it just creeps out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not as if it's a thing whereby, you know, I didn't really struggle with it, with it as much. Because, like, sometimes I would be very, very happy. Like, I would be a very happy person. And then other times when I'm in a a different situation it kind of just brings my moods down so i would say it was a back and forth thing even right now in school um or right now like when i'm in toronto like in in canada per se my point is when i first came it was it was nice it was okay but when i settled in i started to understand that okay i'm missing my parents i'm missing my home and it did get really hard for me because I was facing a lot of things when I was here. And I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. So even my school, I don't think they really like provided enough counselors or people or BIPOC people, BIPOC um, community for like therapists, for people that are international or new people to like, you know, talk to them it was until i came to trent that i realized oh, okay i have um i have opportunity to actually talk to people of color that can help me that are older than me that are therapists and can understand my struggles because it's different we have um western culture and eastern culture have two different cultures so it's kind of hard to actually understand what i might be going through right so yeah Okay. And so I'm, am I taking from that, that when you've come to Trent, you've actually like, you've been talking about made friends and you've like, uh, developed like, uh, at least a supporting people who support you and help you out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I would say, I'd say, um, I have made friends. I have Mm -hmm. friends who support me. It did take a while to find that. Because mm-hmm. it, it always does. People, people will always be people, but yeah. like it does take a, a, it did take a while to find that. And even during COVID, it was kind of hard for me too, because like I wasn't with my parents, my parents, because like my parents were my support system back in Nigeria when I was going through a lot. Point was when I was back home, my mom was the kind of person I would always talk to about. um certain things especially like when it came to friends because I did struggle in having like support from my friend group Mm -hmm. so 
my mom would always like guide me or give me like you know advice just the same way every mother does to, with their with their kid mm-hmm. so um moving here i didn't really have anybody um so it was kind of hard because the person i normally would talk to was my mom and she wasn't here so i did struggle trying to get people that supported me but when i came to uni it became it kind of it obviously it was it was bad at some point but it became better and i'm grateful for the people i do have right now they're amazing 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 people that actually like help me out in different situations or different times when i need them and i'm also there for them at every step of the way so yeah okay that's that's good that's good to hear that's great um now, for Trent's Black History Month blowout, you collaborated with someone and produced uh, a piece of work yourself. So I don't know. Do you, do you want to say first who you who you uh, collaborated with and what you produced for Trent? Um. So for the showcase, I actually, yeah. um, I'm actually part of the organization that hosted it. Mm-hmm. Um, Obam, and um, I didn't produce it with anybody. <laughs> I wrote all of my um, spoken word myself. Oh, really? So, yeah, but Ubam did give me the platform to talk on. So, uh, I, I don't know if that's a collaboration. <laughs> I have no idea, but, like, they, the organization, but I'm part of the organization <laughs> also. So, um, the organization created a space for Black people to actually showcase um, their, their work. So, I told um our president Lorreen if I could present and she was like yeah no problem so yeah okay I think that was the name I saw it, it that yeah. I was just reading that you did it with someone and I think it was Lorreen's name that I saw it like oh unless it was um our poetry that we we both worked on because um me and Lorreen did write poetry for Black History Month I think it was I'm not sure if it was last year or this year, but um, we did write poetry for Black History Month. Hi, I, her, and um, uh, a person named Nita. So yeah. Okay, so what? Uh, I guess what you just did this this year, like uh, by yourself. Um, so I guess to have me understand it, what is the name of the group that you belong to? First of all, that you were doing it for. Ubam, so it's U B A M P. Okay. What does that what does that stand for, sir? Um Unity Black Association Mentorship Program. Yeah. Okay. All right. And is and it was it was was what exactly that you produced? Um so for the showcase I produced um my spoken word. Okay. All right. So I wrote it, yeah. Okay, good. So you were able to like uh, showcase your poetry in that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and there isn't anywhere, I guess, online that I'd have access to see that or anywhere. Is there not that I saw anyway? Um, I think they. I don't think they posted the, a video video, but someone did send me a video of myself. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I'd be. I, I'd be curious to see that. Um, no now, problem. Yeah. 
Uh, now, yeah, what we were talking, what you talked about earlier. So it's for two different musical artists. You seem to do a set design costume videos for, uh, I believe I'm saying it right. Joey J's Bam Bam and Jeffrey Benson's Body Talk. And yeah. I, I, I looked at both of those and I, I really, uh, I was like from a cinematographer's or like a design costume kind of way. I, I was really quite impressed. It seems to be quite, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like both videos are kind of expressions of beauty, first yeah. of all. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, kind of a, 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 you kind of, the use of color in it is really quite, is really quite great. Uh, and <laughs> so, um, what, what got you involved in this and what, uh, um, honestly, um, so my my partner, um, his name is Manny. Um, mm-hmm. Can call it. His name is actually Ao. He goes by Ao. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually um, put me on. It was like, oh, MM, I need a stylist. You come style because I'm very fashionable too. Mm-hmm. So. Because, like, when I leave my house, I leave my house looking really, really nice. I made sure I leave my house looking nice. And he does know that I'm into, like, fashion. He knew that I used to, I used to design jeans. So he knew that I'm into those kind of stuff. So he was like, okay, I'm going to put you on this first. So he was like, oh, come style. And actually, um, Body Talk by Jeffrey Benson was my first music video that I actually ever styled. Mm. And... Um, he was like, yeah, style this. And I was like, okay, no problem. I did it. And I was actually very like, um, proud of myself. Cause I was like, oh my God, I was, I didn't think I was going to even get to that level. I just was like, oh my God, like I actually did this and it came out really nice. And from then on, he's just been giving me more gigs putting me on more things he's like okay do this do that and I'm like okay no problem I'm up for the challenge I'm up to for, to do this so that's how it just all started okay so you can I will likely see you do more of this sort of work then is that what you're saying yeah okay yes, I so when you say you're styling sorry if I I should know this but I, I just maybe you have to explain it to me what, what exactly is it you're doing for these music videos then I I'm Picking out pieces and putting them together for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, the way that if you, okay, so the difference between me and you just going out to shop is that you're, you're styling for a particular concept. So, um, the concept he gave me was he'll give me a mood board and at the end of the day, I would give him back the mood board but with my vision of what I want to see in the video so he will send me the mood board for the whole video and I'll be like okay no problem these are the things I want to get get so I would go online or I go to stores in store and take pictures and show it to him and be like okay I want to get this because this will look really nice for this particular scene and I do shopping for them I get on set and then give them their pieces to wear. And then, I, yeah, basically. Okay. And, and like I said, I, the costumes also with like kind of the background color of those videos, I felt like worked really yeah. well. It just, it has really, uh, 
I was really quite uh, impressed by that, especially if you're saying the like with Jeffrey Benson, that was your first ever. You'd never done it, so that's quite that's quite impressive. So yeah, that's 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 good. Yeah. I, so for Jeffrey Benson, to, um, just to put it out there, because I'm also very strict on awareness. I'm also very strict on giving credit to people. Um, mm-hmm. I did only do costume for. I only did wardrobe for Jeffrey Benson and um, a friend named Nada did um, she did uh, what do you call it? She did set design. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it does switch up um, people who do the set design, but the Joey J I did set design with um, Kimora West. She is not Actually, she's actually been in the styling business more longer than me. Mm-hmm. So that's someone I actually look up to. That's a senior. So um, I did. Um, we both did it set design together, and we both did costume to design together. So it was both of us that did it. I don't know if they did mention that in the the page last time but yeah yeah if they if they did i i, I missed that but i'm I, thank you for clarifying breaking that down who was involved in that that's that's great um and those are two art musical artists from toronto i'm taking it is that is that correct yeah so um jeffrey and joey they are both upcoming artists they are venturing into the music industry really really fast mm-hmm. um they have we have more things coming out this year that I'm on, and I hope that gives them a louder platform to actually reach where they're going to. Okay, now you, I, I read a quote from you where you said, "quote Not many opportunities given to black artists." Um, so I, I just wonder if you could expand on that a bit. Do you think it's like? Uh, not much recognition because, or sorry, not much, uh, op- many opportunities because there's a lack of recognition. Are there kind of like economic barriers? Are there, is it just a structural race, racism kind of thing? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, what, what do you feel that comes from this? I believe, I believe, um, when I said that was in the sense that, um, in Pierre mm-hmm. you only see, um, people of color. A BIPOC community come out to do um, showcases like this for um, creative purposes when it's like Black History Month. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of disappointing because um, a lot, there's so many people of color that are so creative that have really, really, really mind blowing um, gifts and talents. And for Peterborough, personally, Trent doesn't do enough job for the BIPOC community. As much as, yes, they do give some nice programs, there's not enough awareness mm-hmm. for the people of color. And even though we're one step in, it's still very, very difficult for um people of color to actually do um, creative things, especially when it comes to like showing off their arts or their skills. You don't have much 
to show. And I'm pretty sure you won't have known about me if I didn't come out of that showcase. So it's it's what Fair I'm enough. saying. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. You're probably so, right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, it's just, it's a little, it's a little, it's, it's, it's kind of sad because I would like to venture into this because, like, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a passion. It's something I do have passion for. It's something that I enjoy doing. Something that kind of brings you joy. It's same way when you go into a particular field and you're like, oh, I like this. I think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it's just very, you know, it saddens me because I'm of an age whereby I'm I should be able to get opportunities. But because of the stigma and barrier for people of color or because of the color of my skin, it doesn't take me so far because there's always someone that has to say something about it or there's always someone opposed to my community. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if my community doesn't have the knowledge or the intelligence or the skill set to get there. It's just the fact that people have an ignorance or a belief that we shouldn't be in that position just because of her skin color. So for me, that's what I meant by we don't have enough opportunities. We don't have enough showcases. We don't have enough, you know, places or events that they say, okay, who want to, like that is being given out to us because then again, Information can be shared, but it can be shared to a particular group of people. So if we don't know about it, we're not going to be able to get that opportunity. So it's the sense that people might um, advertise it or share it to someone else. But because people in that community don't know about us, that information cannot be given to us. That information is not being passed down to us. So we won't be able to even hop on that opportunity. Even if, yeah, we won't be able to hop on that opportunity. So, yeah, basically, that's what I meant by we don't have enough opportunity. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a stigma. Okay. No, that explains it a lot better. Um, I don't know. I guess I sometimes, well, not sometimes, I do feel that, uh, Trent, like a lot of universities, even though they make a lot of revenue off international students, um, I'm just wondering, they, they don't really give a lot of voice to them in general and mm-hmm. uh, kind of what you're saying. And do you feel like, do you feel some sort of like, um, and the overwhelming amount of international students are BIPOC, um, as you know, is, do you feel like there's something, uh, like, do you feel some sort of, um, you're able to empathize with like uh, other international students you've met, like you're kind of in the same kind of um, yeah, cause... picture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they want your money, but they're not really giving you much venue to have voice as you're saying. Yeah. So um, we did do something last um, yesterday for black history month, the last day of black history month, they held a black professional um, day. And I came to realize cause one of the professionals were talking and they were like, Trent, Canada is paying Trent money for every international student that is in 
your school and I was mm-hmm. completely shocked by that because I was like what do you mean mm-hmm. I'm paying 24k yes. every session mm-hmm. to just have an ed- education and they're still paying you money so yeah. yes it's the same thing with every international student entrant. Every international student entrant is struggling to understand why Trent hasn't set enough, a higher standard for them to reach when it comes to international people, when it comes to people who are funding their school. Because if you add two and two, if you times that by two, the tuition I get, the tuition I pay, it's enough to cover the domestic students for their whole entire time in uni. And it is kind of crazy for the the school to actually be not be able to provide um facilities for international students. Especially the fact that when I first came in, it was during COVID. And mm-hmm. even when it came to my program I didn't really understand what I needed as a requirement. I literally understood what requirements I needed to do when I was like finishing up my second year. And that is crazy because like not a lot of international students have that type of information at their fingertips. It becomes really, really hard. You tell them, oh, ask. And I'm like, you, we ask, but like you're not giving us enough information for us to even ask more questions to try and get to where we're staying not everything is about money people actually have you know these are people's lives these are people's livelihood the parents that are paying for school they're not just plucking money from the tree nigeria Mm -hmm. is so far forward back is so backwards in like a lifestyle and like the economy everything my parents, I won't say they're struggling, but it's literally by the grace of God that we are literally able to pay every single semester that type of money. Because if you say that to anyone who is domestic, a domestic student here, or domestic, or anyone that is a citizen in Canada, that they're paying 24K every session, they're going to look at you sideways. They're going to look mm-hmm. at you like, where are you getting this money from? And it's not as if Nigeria has a good currency. It doesn't. But we're still able to come here and, and you know, go to school. But you can't give us even one third of the things we're paying. It's, it's just, it's crazy to me. Because, like, I'm like, we're paying so much, but we're receiving so little. Why? <laughs> Why? So, yes. Um, right, yes. Most international students have the same problems, have the same dilemma. So we empathize together. And we sit down and talk about it. Sometimes we do bring it out to the school, do tell us the school about it, but they, they don't they don't have they don't do much with the information that we're giving them. They don't they don't they don't you know, there's not there's no outcome to that. There's there's no shown no work shown that they've actually moved forward with it. If we're still even looking for a bipoc counselor in school and i'm like how long does it take for you to get a bipoc counselor 
for school. Mm-hmm. People are out here struggling with their own problems. And you say, yes, there's a counseling team, but they should also be a BIPOC counselor. There should be more Black, more BIPOC people in trend because it's we only have one Black professor in all of trend. And that's crazy because there's so many departments. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I sit down and think to myself, even the people in Trent International, where is the biker community? There is none. Literally. Yeah. Why? That is Trent International. International. That should be a lot of people that are biker in that place because they know more. They understand more. They, they see that, okay, yes, these people are coming from a different country. These people are coming from a different place. Let's pull more people who are also international that have gone through this situation so they're able to relate. They're able to help them out. But there's no form of that. There's no form of, of, of forwardness. There's no form of, you know, effort to try and change the situation. So yes, most international students do have the same dilemma. Most international students do have the same struggle, and we're hoping that it does move forward by God's grace. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope so, because uh, I, th- I think, uh, to put it a long story as short as I can, I, I think there was a time when we kind of stopped funding our universities or government, and they sort of looked to international students as a way of making money that they used to get from the government and they haven't really done much to pay you back. So yeah, if anything, so yeah. Um, now I, 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 you were kind of talking about this earlier, but is there anything currently that you, you miss a lot about Lagos? I would say the food. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. The food, the food Mm -hmm. is outstanding in Lagos. I was studying in Nigeria in general. Um, the people, <laughs> people are very, very funny. We have so many different type of people in Lagos. They, there's just so many people that are different in Lagos. It's just, it's crazy when you go for yourself and you see, you know, I always like advise people who are, who are here who travel to actually just, um, do go to Lagos. Go with someone that they that knows Lagos, <laughs> just so you're safe. But um, it is a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, the high life, the activities, it's just interesting. The food, I would say, the music is outstanding. I would say it's one of the best. Like when it comes to creativity, that's something I do adore. I do adore like our music i do adore our food our people are very very funny they they make me giggle every single time so yeah that that's one thing i do miss yeah i do miss about legos okay are you gonna get a chance to go back there like later this year like just to visit yeah um i plan on going back um around the summertime when i'm done with school Mm mm-hmm to go see my parents first. Um, although my parents did move to Abuja, so I might not go to Lagos. I might stay in Abuja and just, you know, try and, um, you know, 
what's it called? Yeah, try to explore in Abu Dhabi first because right. uh, my parents just relocated. Although I am still a Lagosian because I live there, but like for my parents, I'm gonna just go stay where they are so I could have a little bit of time. I haven't seen them in almost four years. So it's, oh, wow. yeah, it's nice to go see them and see how they're doing. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're able to, you're, I hope you're able to get to see them like you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess I, I'm wondering how you feel about uh, kind of like uh, black history month in general. I mean, it's, it's, it's good that we, you know, recognize things like black history and arts and culture but it's just you know again it's kind of relegated to one month of the year like you said yourself it wouldn't be thought of if we didn't do that but uh, mm-hmm. but i I've, I've seen many people you know many uh black social activists many black writers uh black artists too here in north america who've criticized black history month too is it just you know being kind of like a an exercise and then it's just every it's forgotten about for 11 months of the year yeah that's that's pretty much it mm. that's pretty much it because like um you, you yeah just set aside one month of the year for black people mm-hmm. yeah people that struggle to literally be what they are today mm-hmm. is you took like literally taking them from their land down to here to work for you for s- decades mm-hmm. and they struggle for their freedom and it's only one month and even even that one month not a lot of people even know about it it's, it was it was funny to me cuz as a person i knew right um or i know this person and i was like i walked up to that person i was like what month is it today and she was like february i was like what month is it and she was like it's february no and i was like it's black history month and she didn't have she was like oh my god this is someone i'm living with Mm -hmm. this is someone i'm living with and i'm like you don't even know what black history month is she's like i completely forgot and i'm like I understand that you have every you have other things to do, but like black people struggle every day, every single day with this this um profiling. It's literally just the sight of us makes people shiver, and I'm like, we're literally human beings like you. We have the same emotions, we have the same struggles. So what's the problem? And it's kind of appalling to see that people don't even show more it's only in february that people have more like black people have more opportunities in the whole year to just showcase themselves or to to have appreciation appreciation for themselves and it's just kind of crazy to me because i'm like why can't we just do this why can't you just do this every day the same way you appreciate every other person Right, mm-hmm. so it's just I'm just like why why can't you just create opportunities the same way you create everybody has opportunities too? Why does it have to be a particular month whereby if whereby black people get those opportunities? Like like I said, if there was no Black History Month, there'll be no 
no interview, no nothing, no mm-hmm. opportunities of anyone knowing who I am as a creative. So it's kind of it, as much as I would say, I guess I do appreciate the month for it being put in place, mm-hmm. but it's just so little compared to so many things that we have struggled as a community, we have faced as a community. And we st- even after to after this month, we're still gonna keep on struggling. But what was the point of having a month that you know is meant to show appreciation if we're still struggling? The yeah. reason for the month is to have appreciation for Black people and the reason why they've struggled so much. But they are still struggling. They're still facing the same thing. They're trying to they try to get out of decades ago, and mm-hmm. it's just crazy for me because like we've we're too we've come to a time whereby ignorance is not shouldn't shouldn't be an issue anymore shouldn't be something that people keep on doing because we are globalized we have technology you have information at your fingertips you should be able to understand the struggle of one's problem you should be able to understand the reason why people are like are acting that way because they're perceived a certain way to the society and those standards need to be broken down not just for black history month but for every single community, not just for black people, but for every single community that does face racism, that does face discrimination, that does face segregation and ignorance, because like it just doesn't make sense. Just because of the color of your skin, it shouldn't determine your future. It shouldn't determine your opportunities. It shouldn't determine you at any time. You are a human being first before your skin color. That's one thing I always tell myself. That's one thing I always tell people. You are a human being first before your skin color. Your skin color doesn't matter. You're a human being. Just because you have emotions and the other person has emotions, you should be able to treat that person the same way. So, just one month? Honestly, it's not enough. Like, there should be better... It shouldn't just be one month. It should be an everyday thing where we get to appreciate everybody. Right, we get to appreciate people, but don't be passive about it. Don't be, don't be, you know, ignorant about it. Don't be, you know, aggressive about it. Just, just show love. Just, just always show love. Okay, and that's that for me. That's right, always show love. Well, I can't go wrong there. Now, <laughs> I, I take it then, in my, you know, your music videos, like we said earlier, those were those are artists from Toronto. I, I take it you've had sort of. Uh, even though Peterborough, for a city of only 80,000, it has quite a thriving arts community. It's one major reason I do the show. But you've had trouble sort of feeling part of that artistic community in Peterborough. Am I correct in saying yeah, that? Um, yeah, I would say I didn't really um, know the arts community until Lauren actually told me about it. Mm-hmm. And that's because maybe it's not advertised as much. Because in the Freedom Lounge in school, it's a, it's a lounge for a BIPOC community. Okay. We have, we have like a lot of creative people who come to school and you hear their, their work, 
or you see their artwork and you're extant. That's a place whereby if you if anyone advertised there, people will actually push forward to actually be part of the art community. The only reason why I did find out was because of Lauren. Because she had already probably put her hands like I don't know how she did it, honestly, but she she did it. <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but she did it. And then she put us on on it and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't even know there was something like this. Because, I, I, like, I will always, like, ask, like, my friends. I'm like, how come there's not an art, cl- an art club in Trent? Or there's no creative club in Trent? Like, there are always different clubs. But, like, there's no art. There's no creative. Nothing. I'm, like, I'm just confused. Why? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, you have to, like, some, some of them are like, you have to step out of Trent to find all of that. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of crazy because Chen should be able to like you know facilitate all those things because it's, it's a school it does mm-hmm. get, get go on your transcripts that you participated and everything so I'm just like kind of was kind of confused so I would say it, it was very hard for me to, to actually find the art community like I said it was because of Lauren that I literally did mm-hmm. and I'm very very grateful to her for putting me in a community whereby um, I feel like I would love to share my work more with and meet people who have the same like mind like me so I can be able to learn from them too. So, yeah. Okay, that's that's good to hear. So with that in mind, and you've said also that you're planning on doing more set designs, like what sort of plans do you have upcoming for uh, the um, spring and summer, I guess we'll put it that way. Spring and perhaps. So I do have, um, I just finished. Sorry. I'm having a yeah, very You're struggling with a cold. I can see. Sorry. I should have mentioned that earlier. Yes. I feel for yes. you. It's, it's easy to gather these time of year. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Um, so, um, actually I just finished a project, uh, I think two weeks or a week ago. Mm-hmm. For a photo shoot, I did. Um, yeah, on TikTok, I posted it, and then I have another one coming. A more or less a styling gig. I don't think it's a set design. Set design is not really my specialty. Mm-hmm. I do it from time to time when needed or when my um partner needs, or even if my clients did ask for it that's fine so but most times i always just style and do costume and wardrobe so i have another one um lined up march um the month of march and there are many more that are coming this summer because i do keep in touch with my clients and they do have release dates for setting music videos for setting music that they want to drop so um there's definitely going to be more, 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 more gigs and more opportunities for me to share my work. So, okay, that's good. Uh, well, I'll look. I'll look to see that. Where, like, where do you think uh, might be hard to say yet? But where do you think one can find these works when they come out? Uh, are you Honestly, make an at Instagram this point, thing. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'm thinking I'm just going to make a website. <laughs> Where okay. everyone can just like you know go on and see my work, but mm-hmm. most times 
I always um post my post my my works on TikTok because mm-hmm. it's easy to document and do like right. a vlog. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, just doing TikTok is easier for me. TikTok is kind of a small. I would say small, but it's 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 better for like creative because they do blow with just one video and mm-hmm. the views that you do get, it shows that everyone is, you know, seeing it and they know, okay, this person is a stylist. This person is into this, this person is into that. So it just, it makes it easier for me to use TikTok than Instagram because Instagram is more picture forward. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I would just leave my pictures there. You know who I am, how I look. And then on TikTok, I have my work, like my actual work, like, okay, styling, my vlogs and everything. So, okay. Um, now, per, uh, I'll, I'll close this off with perhaps one of my most important questions. I, I, I'm detecting from what I saw on TikTok that you are a cat person. Is that correct? Like you love cats? Oh my god! I don't even know. Um, yes, I do love cats, but <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't think I have a cat on my TikTok though, but I do like cats. That's, that's okay. Crazy. And and did you? Am I? I'm sorry to bring this up. If this is painful, but did you lose one uh, in like last year? One. Uh... Um. No, I actually. Okay, so I was co-parenting the cats with someone, and. Me and the person kind of fell out, so I stopped co-parenting the cats. And then again, I do have allergies. I am allergic to cats, but I love them so much. I haven't gotten one yet because I'm in school and I don't think I can take care of it right now. Yeah, no, so, no, it's, it's quite difficult to so, do. Yes. Yeah, it's quite difficult. So that's why it was kind of easier for me to co-parent with the person. But because we're around friends anymore, it's it's fine. I mean, once in a while, I do see the cats, but like it's been a while since, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I my wife can relate to you. We uh, she has the allergies like you do to cats, but we end up we have three ourselves, so we just uh, we just keep yeah. <laughs> Those allergies we just can't get enough very intense. Yeah. Yes. But uh, um, well, that was very quite fascinating. Um. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I hope to see a lot work of more work come out from you this year and what, whatever form it is, whatever medium it is. And, uh, thank you very much as well for expressing your thoughts and feelings on, uh, uh, black community and Trent, Trent's mm-hmm. black history month and things like that. So thank you very much for that. I will, I will put this together and I'll, uh, in the next day or two, and I, I can send you a copy when it's ready. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Up. Genius. Me. She only cool and relax me. Oh, yeah.
hope you walk out of here today, besides enjoying the interview, not hating me for my mispronunciations. M.M. Jom. Not Emim. No. I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, that was quite enjoyable. I, I really loved listening to her talk. She just yeah, she gave me a lot to think about. And, you know, the Black History Month, I'll just bring it up. I think it was Morgan Freeman and many others who said that, you know, let's face it, we get black history month in Canada from the U.S. Not saying we don't have a lot to talk about our black history here, but we pick February because the U.S. And there's been people such as Morgan Freeman and that who think quite uh, justifiably so that black history is a part of American history. It's not to be segregated from the rest. It's basically a bit of a form of segregation. So they've said. They have the right to comment on it, as in black people have the right to comment on it, not me. But that's what I... I can kind of see the sense of that. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, that was quite enjoyable. And I wish M.M. the best in the future. I'll see you next time on Corner of Hunter and George. Baby, 